Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Unsolicited Advice. This is David Zafra, your co-host. Uh, the episode you're about to hear has a little bit of background noise. Hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction. I hope you guys still enjoy the episode and continue to listen. Let's get into it. <laughs> everyone, my name is Brittany Herzbren, and I'm here with my co-host, David Zafra. And we are giving unsolicited advice, where we read different advice column questions, mm-hmm. and we give our spin on what we think the people they should do. Yeah. Because typically the people responding to the questions probably aren't able to give their actual opinion. Maybe, some of them might, but Maybe. you know what, we might have a different perspective than they do. It's true. We might be really bad at it, and so it might be funny to see what terrible advice would be. I'm quite certain <laughs> we're going to be bad at it, but I think that's okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Also, we are not having the responsibility of actually responding to this person mm-hmm. and having them possibly take our advice, so we don't have to be careful about the advice that yes. we give. Exactly. Right. That takes some of the pressure off for sure. Yeah. And it actually makes it more fun to give bad advice than that. Which yes. I'm not going to do, though. I'm going to do, do my best to be a good advice giver. I'm going to try to give the advice that I think... Works y- for that situation. Yeah. Free of consequence. Yes. I like it. Unless one of the people listening are having the same problems, in which case... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, please... Be careful. We should open this podcast with a with a warning. We are not professional advice givers. Yeah, I have no degree in like psychology or like anything like that. So I don't either, but I feel very strongly that I understand all of it so completely. Okay. <laughs> but still take everything we say with a grain of salt. Definitely. I guess maybe to start it off with like why did you want to start a podcast about advice giving? I just think it's really interesting. Every time I get the newspaper, all the advice column questions are very funny to me. Who reads the newspaper still? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do sometimes. Oh, my um, God. And just the concept of how it's just, I would never write to a random person to get advice. Yeah. So just the concept behind. Even asking for advice in the first place? To a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But the thing is, you have to wait. I don't even know how long, weeks or months. Yeah. To get a response to your if question. At all. If at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of I don't know. It's bizarre. How do you how do you think it feels to be the person that sends in advice and never gets it responded? Right? <laughs> that like, sounds terrible. I know their question just wasn't important wasn't enough. Wasn't important enough. That's so sad. I mm. that breaks my heart just thinking about that. Yeah. Well do you read Post Secret? No, what is that? Uh, Oh, I feel like you would like it, actually. So it's a website called Post Secret, and people mail in their secrets on postcards. Okay. And then the guy posts them, and a lot of, you know, they're just, some are funny, some are really sad, some are relatable. Okay. But uh, to, like, pour your deepest, darkest secret out there and then have him not post it is probably pretty disappointing. That's pretty fucked up, I know. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Do people come to you for advice? I feel like they do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people come to me for a lot of relationship advice. Interesting. It is interesting, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, of all the topics, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought that one. I think it's because I'm not overly emotional, mm. maybe. So they want like someone rational to like look at this objectively. Because I do. Because I'm not just going to side with my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like I'm very, like, you might have caused a little bit of what's going on sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I'll definitely always put myself in the other person's shoes. I think I'm really good at advice for that. Okay. Yeah. Specifically relationship. Yes. But also just in general, because I'm really able to take people out of it and see everything from people's different points of view. Cool. Yeah. That works out. Mm -hmm. And do you often go to certain people to seek advice out? I feel like I like complaining more than I like advice. Interesting. Like I'll complain to people and people will give me advice and I'm like, I know that. <laughs> I just want to complain about it. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Like I'll have specific people that I'll ask advice about like financially maybe or should I do that? Like very specific things, mm -hmm. but not like life advice or grand scheme advice. Yeah. I feel you like. You feel like you got that handled. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't I don't feel like I'm a person who's constantly asking people advice in that way. Interesting. But more like I'll be like, Oh, do you think this credit card is better than this credit card? Yeah, that's oh. the kind of advice I definitely need to be asking people. Yeah. Or does this seem like a smart purchase to you sort of thing? But yeah, I'm never like, Do you think this life decision so sometimes. Yeah. Some just, I think it's specific to certain people, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Uh, which part? <laughs> cool. Do you like? Do you think that you give good advice, and do people come to you, and do you go to a lot of people for advice? And I, I, I feel, feel like, like I know your answer. To I get it. Okay, I'm curious to see what you thought. I feel like you don't like to ask for advice. No, I don't like to ask for advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do. I, I don't necessarily like to, and I don't know if people like to come to me for it. Uh, when they do, sometimes, but I feel like sometimes people come with like a problem hoping that you'll side with them yes all all the time and if you're too harsh or if you're too much of a certain thing they kind of feel like oh i don't want to go to them for advice because i know how they're going to react to this right maybe i'm a little too judgy with certain people when they come to me with advice and that could be a thing which i feel like i've eased up on a lot over that past couple of years although i do have some people that or a little bit younger that I started working with recently. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I help, I'll help them out pretty regularly with some of their problems. Um, especially the ones that were a lot like me when I was at that age, like 1920, like super insecure and full of depression and things like that. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot to offer them in that field. And I feel like they've been able to um, get something out of that and those conversations that we've had together. Um, and I also have another coworker that said that I should like have a TED talk talking about relationships and stuff. Because she really likes the stuff that I told her in the past. Right. But then also, I know people for sure are like, yeah, I'm just not going to mention this to David at all because I know he's going to just get upset about it. So yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a mixed, it's mixed reviews about my advice giving. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily like it. I do like to have conversations with people about life. Um, whether I have advice on that or not, I don't I know. I would go to you for relationship advice. I like your perspective on relationships. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like you would probably say things that are... I don't know if they would be hard for other people to hear, but I would be like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Just like, I don't know. Well, I feel like I'm similar to you. I'm going to be pretty, like, objective and try not to add feelings into it and, and do my best to, like, look at the real issue. The, it, the emotions come in when I've had to deal with the same problem with the same person over and over and over again. Yes. And it seems like they're just not fucking getting it. Uh, I have the same exact situation with uh, my best friend yeah. and it's pretty intolerable. <laughs> like I, it's just gotten to the point where I've like had to talk to her and be like, you just, you cannot talk to me about this person anymore yeah. because I can't, 
do it. Yeah. But that was after years and years and you, years. You were pretty patient. You had your Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And even still, when she's particularly down about it, I'll still try to be like, okay, all right. And not be as harsh because mm -hmm. I can, t but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's at the end of its rope for me with that. For sure. Yeah. So since you don't like to go to people for advice, do you have advice that you'd like to tell yourself or like life things that you... I will say, I did think about, I feel like other advice that I will ask people is because I feel like I'm not, um, anytime I have an emotional response to something, I always have to ask somebody like, do you think I was overreacting? Hmm. Because I feel like I don't often uh, react to things super emotionally. So whenever I do, I'm like, that was normal, right? Like that was a proper response. God, that's very interesting. Why? <laughs> you don't know how to like properly convey emotions. So you have to ask people, hey, no, is this normal? I feel like I, I just, I never want to overreact about something. Okay. So I feel like I have to get people's buy-in that okay. it was like that was appropriate to react emotionally to okay. because I don't so often that when yeah. I do I'm paranoid about it what is your thing about not wanting to overreact to something I don't know I don't know I guess not wanting like to be seen something... as irrational or dramatic or something like that well, why is that so bad I don't think it is I okay. guess I guess, but I feel like we're it's, gonna have to unpack over the course of this podcast. I know. <laughs> I just feel like it's used as a negative, mm -hmm. like, "Oh, you're being dramatic." It's, well, especially it's for dismissive. women. It's dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. It has to be rational, and it has to make sense in order for it to be valid. Mm, apparently. Interesting. You know. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I definitely can be emotional. It's just, you know, rare. Yeah. Rarer than some other. The average person. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, do you want to jump into some advice? Sure. Let me uh, pull some things up. All of these are quite long questions. Cool. Well, I, I kept short ones, so that'll balance oh, it good. out. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. People spend a lot of time thinking these through. Yeah. Some of these I felt like were, I feel like some of these were just all written by the same person based on how they're written. <gasps> I wonder if they are. Maybe. Um, okay, so, or, like, do you know War of the Roses? No. It's a radio show um, on 92.5. Okay. And basically what they do is, it's, it's real, and I'm doing that in quotations, and they have people, they call, so, like, a girlfriend calls in, and they're like, I think my boyfriend or husband or whatever is cheating on me. So then the radio show host calls the boyfriend or husband and is like, I'm calling you from this flower shop and we just opened in your neighborhood. And as a promotion, we're going to send free flowers to whoever you want. And then they always send flowers to, to the, the other lady. And then the girlfriend gets on the phone and is like, oh, my God. Anyway, the point Sounds of my... so dumb. I would oh, never listen to that. It's so stupid. <laughs> the point of my story is that I had a friend who worked there and she was like, they would just make people who work there call in. Oh, pretending okay. like as the girlfriends like yeah. all of it of course all of it's fake but yeah. it's just like I'm sure some advice columns are the same mm. that was a very long-winded explanation very for yeah okay anyway just so you know all our advice is real our, <laughs> our advice is real and to the best of our knowledge we did not write these questions yeah we definitely didn't okay actually I mean I can't I don't know you could have I don't know where so you got you could have yeah. but I I feel like you would ask this question maybe because you would not like a friend who did this but okay Last June, a woman named Vivian moved into my building. She's a teacher with lots of credentials, which is her statement. 
My age, and oh, she's her age, and we have some similar interests. I nosedived right away into a friendship with her, assuming we had a lot in common. I invited her to events, introduced her into my friend group, and no doubt gave the impression that I wanted to be friends. Several months passed before I realized we weren't at all a good match, and I started to dislike being around her. She had quite a few difficult situations, such as not getting the job she wanted, having her car die, etc., but persevered despite these setbacks. The problem is that she blames everyone else for her difficulties and never takes responsibility. Since she has no one else to talk to, she uses me to vent. I mostly feel awful after these talks, yet I realize she is alone in a new city and has no other support. For those and other reasons, I do not want to be friends, but also don't want to hurt her feelings. She knocks on my door or phones almost every day. I feel harassed and have spoken to her about my need for better boundaries, but she does not get it. I find myself turning off all my lights so she will not know I'm home, and I don't answer my phone or go to the door. This feels cowardly. What can I do to find peace and not make her life any more difficult in the process? All right. Do you, do you have something to say about this? Oh, well, I think it's funny. Um that she's complaining that her friend comes to her so often in horrible situations and she has to talk to her for so long about it, which is essentially what she's doing to this advice <laughs> column lady <laughs> who has to deal with that yeah. all day. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been friends. I don't know. I, that can't be my advice for everything because that would be a terrible show. What if you just said... <laughs> to everything. <laughs> it is a little complicated. There's several layers to this. Yes. Uh, I can relate it to a middle school story, but I would like you to say... What I think about it. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't understand... Well, I get it. Like, you want to be nice to people. Right. That makes sense. Sure. But at the same time, you got to set up boundaries. Well, it sounds like this lady lives in her building. Even right? still, like, I mean, I lived with people before that I didn't talk to. It's not like it's that hard to avoid a person that you don't like. Right. And if the person just doesn't get it, I mean, you don't have to straight up be like, hey, I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. I, I don't know why it's your responsibility at that point to, if you've made it clear that you are setting up boundaries, why you would feel the need to feel bad that they got their feelings hurt for them being a you know, too much. Right. She's not respecting your boundaries at that point, yeah. obviously. And that's not, if they're not, they're not being nice to you. So why should you feel bad about you just trying to basically be like, Hey, this is too much. I feel like the hard part becomes she doesn't really have a specific, like something that she can point to. Like you did this to me. So I don't want to be friends with you anymore. It's more like, I don't like your personality. Yeah. So I don't want to hang out with you anymore. So that's the yeah. tough part. I still feel like I would do it. If I, if I were her, it would be much easier for me. This is what I don't understand. I have friends who stay in relationships for like a super long time and they're miserable. And it's just because they dread telling the person that they don't want to be with them anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, wouldn't it feel so much better to have that one moment of, I don't want to be with you anymore. And maybe you have a long conversation about it and it's horrible, but then it's done. Yeah. Instead of days and days and years and years of being with this person that makes you miserable. Yeah. And that, the relief that you would feel. Yeah. The, I mean, those conversations are definitely tough, but I feel like in this situation, what does he have 
that he even needs to have that conversation with this person. Like, I understand that you're a friend. Oh, you think of. that he should just ghost the person? I feel like it would be very easy to. I feel like the person, the reason they're not doing it is because they feel guilty. Right. And I understand feeling guilty, but at the same time, they were nice about it. You know, they took steps. It's not like they jumped to, hey, this is too much. I don't want to be friends anymore. Right. I don't know why you need a friend to break up with somebody. That seems a little bit dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Um, but I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's people that are very close to me in my life that are related to me that I feel like I've had to create some distance with. And I have certain boundaries to make sure that we don't get too close anymore because they can be so difficult. And because every time we are with each other, it's exhausting and there's a conflict. Right. And that can just be too much. And I can find ways to still be nice and casual with them while at the same time being like, yeah, we're not hanging out or I'm busy and I can't do this or whatever. Um, without, I don't know if you necessarily need to make it such, a, such an issue that you have to sit down with this person. I just don't see what you have. What do you owe them? I, you haven't been dating them. Like if you date someone, yeah, maybe you owe them like a reason. What do you owe this person that you have to like explain to them why you don't want to talk to them anymore? Yeah, I do think that it would be nice if somebody felt close to you and you invited somebody into your life as your friend to sort of not completely cut them off without any explanation. Um, I just feel like the hard part in this case is it sounds like this woman is kind of crazy because she's obviously not taking hints. She's showing up at her house out of nowhere. I think that's where it becomes a little tricky Mm -hmm. of how to get rid of this unstable person that probably is going to overreact. Yeah. Um, Because I think in normal circumstances, you probably can just be like, oh, I can't today, I can't today, until the person stops asking and gets the hint. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen in this situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing I could think yeah, I guess to have that conversation and not necessarily be like, I don't want to be friends anymore, but like, this is the thing that bothers me about you. <laughs> so at least they know, like, you know? Yeah. It's tough, too, because I have, I have a friend right now, and this might be tell- saying too much, <laughs> that has been, like, difficult to hang out with for various reasons. And not that they're a bad person. It's almost like they're just not fitting into my life very well. Right. And it's nothing personal. But I've already started to create a little bit of distance. But if they aren't picking up the hint and they want to have a conversation about it, I'm not going to be like, I don't want to be friends anymore. I'd just be like, hey, this is the way that I am. And being with you in the situation makes it very difficult yeah. to be your friend. I mean, I feel like that's something she could probably say. Like, I feel like our personalities, as we've gotten to know each other, don't necessarily align for a friendship. Yeah. And so let's not. Yeah. I mean, that still sounds like a friend breakup, though. I feel like that's too much. Because you can st- you can present a problem with a person and maybe they'll chill out a little bit or maybe they'll know that there's a thing that bothers uh, the other person about them and so they might chill out on that a little bit. Yeah, you I know? just it seems like she's tried that, so I think she's just I think she has to be very clear cut very clear. about it. I think so. You might be more of that kind of person to be the clear cut. I'm very much like, hey, let's just ignore the problem. Things have always worked out for me that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in certain situations, definitely that would. Mm-hmm. work yeah i just don't see that happening here i just feel like sometimes people are so, like there's too much drama about it like we don't have to make such a big deal about it yeah you know there's ways to be like yeah this is just not like i really don't want to hang out today like i'm busy yeah et cetera, et cetera. you know yeah i mean some people can't say how they feel about anything so some people will just feel obligated to do things and yeah. not say no 
Well, if that's if that's the situation with you or with the person that d is not good at making boundaries, this is going to be a continuous issue, not just with this person, but with several other people in your life. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I feel like you got to figure out a way to set up boundaries with people and keep a distance from those people that you know you're not going to vibe well with. Right. I guess the problem is becoming too much in that way, and then you just don't want to vibe with anybody. Which sure. can have its own set of issues. Have you had somebody tell you that they didn't want to be friends with you before? No. I haven't either, so... I mean, besides, like, my ex-girlfriend. Right. <laughs> which I guess I get it, you know? Yeah. It's been a long time, though, so who knows? Uh, speaking of, I was listening to our old podcast today, which I feel like we did, like, a year and a half ago, maybe, and maybe. you were talking then about how you were thinking about reaching out to her, and the last time we had talked about it was, like, two years before that, so have yeah. you yet? I ha she's not even on Facebook anymore. Oh, yeah. okay. She just, she's off the map. Oh. Okay. So I feel like that, that ship has sailed, and we just had our high school reunion. And, and she, uh, wasn't she wasn't there. there. But she also, who knows who the fuck she's at? She's traveling the world and shit, living, living her best life. All right. So, you know... Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Um, I feel like at this point, enough time has passed that I, I really don't even care anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. not a thought. No, it's just been too much time at this point. And okay. if we were going to have that conversation, it probably should have happened a while ago. Yeah. Sure. So I've, I've let go. That would have been my advice to you. <laughs> to let it go? You didn't tell me that before. Well, before, it seemed like it was pressing on you. It was pressing on me a little yeah. bit, yeah. So. I maybe should have reached out, but at the same time, it's just like, maybe it's best that I didn't and just let it be. Maybe. Because it seems like she doesn't really want to like associate herself with that person that she used to be, which okay. I can kind of relate to. Yeah. That's why I had a little bit of hesitation about going to my high school reunion, was just like, didn't want people to see me and remember me the way that I used to be back then. Well, don't you feel like that's why you wanted to reach out to her? Because you didn't want to be remembered as that person yeah. that you used to be? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, well. I might never see her again, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Drats. <laughs> Do you have a question? Yes. Let me pull mine up. I should have been ready, but uh, I got distracted with this uh, other okay. conversation. Okay. So here's, uh, here's the one I found. Okay. So this is, uh, I'm a Christian male, age 24. I love this girl that I'm dating right now. We've been together for two years, and at this point, we know our families. Uh, wait, we know, and our families know that this will be leading towards marriage. She's the first girlfriend that I've had. Um, her dad is a pastor, and so she values purity a lot. Mm -hmm. It hasn't bothered me. Uh, we only hold hands and side hug. It's kind of <gasps> weird. <laughs> Here's what's bothering me if we get married, then we have to have sex. I am sexually attracted to her very much. But it, I can't imagine actually being naked with her and having sex. It seems disgusting. <laughs> I don't really think it's a self-confidence issue either. It just seems like these couple of years of pure, loving relationship without much physical contact will be over. Uh, I don't think I can do it. I haven't talked to her or anybody about this. She doesn't seem to feel this way um, and talks about wanting to get married so she can be a mom. I guess it's just weird. Uh Anyway, what can I do about this problem? That is <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's gay, no? I don't know. Because he finds her attractive. Yeah. But the idea of being naked and touching her is disgusting to him. And that's how I also feel about women. I can definitely see a woman and find her attractive. Yeah. But I would never be able to be naked and be sexual with her. 
I don't know. That's a tough one. And I, I, I read it in that way the first time, too. But at the same time, I can understand that a lot of these religious people are, are shamed so much about repressed. sexuality and things like that. Yeah. So I, I will be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he isn't gay. Yeah, that's a although, very simple explanation. But Although that's a thing that maybe you should consider is you might be gay. Yeah, think about <laughs> lying naked with a man. And see if you feel as disgusted. Yeah. Do you feel disgusted or do you feel ashamed? Because if you feel ashamed, it might just be the religion. Right. And that he could also feel... But I thought it was interesting that he said she wants to be a mother. I don't know. That's weird. Like, what? <laughs> why is that weird? Well, in those kinds of more traditional type of relationships, I feel like that's uh, the expectation. Right. So that's why it was. that's why it was weird to me that he... He thought it was weird. ...described it as weird when clearly... In Maybe because she doesn't have the same reservations that he does. Yeah. First of all, I think you need to communicate these reservations. Right. Well, her wanting to be a mother doesn't necessarily mean she... I mean, obviously, you would have to have sex yeah. in order to do that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's super excited to be sexual with yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. I think she's excited to f- fulfill what she feels is her role as a woman, probably, based yeah. on the religious aspect of exactly. their lives. Yeah, it didn't seem like... I don't know. In that in that letter, it didn't seem like he was saying she wants to have sex. It seemed she wanted to be a mom, which is very different. Right. So, yeah. They only side hug. That's weird. Not full hug. <laughs> that is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they only side hug, there's no way they can have conversations about this. Like, they are not close on any sort of level, I I mean, they like. think they are, and if they want to be married, then they should definitely be opening up this... Well, yeah. You know, conversation. They've dated for two years. They've not kissed, it sounds like. I mean, that's allowed, right? I think it is. Let me see. Go, uh... Hold hands and side hug. That's it. I mean... 24. I feel more comfortable doing way more sexual things with people than I do holding their hand. I'm, I I really like holding hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're with somebody that you genuinely like, it's very nice. But mm. I mean, not, not necessarily like, it's definitely not an all the time thing. Right. But I feel especially when there's like a new person that you haven't really initiated contact with. It's like a cute kind of thing that you do when you're like, hey, we're into each other in this way that is not just friendship. Oh, I'm more like holding somebody's hand that I already have strong feelings for. Yeah. I I mean, I'm fine with that, too. It's just like I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like walking around all the time holding hands with my partner. Right. If me and Madison are out in a public place, we're usually sitting separately, (laughs) hanging out. Like, we just don't. Yeah. We like, you know. Yeah. We'll hold hands for a little bit in the car or when we're alone, maybe for a second when we're like around other people, but definitely not the kind that needs to be touching all the time. Right. Um, the situation reminds me of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm. Have you seen it? Yes. You know, um, what is, I don't know his name in real life, but the guy who's a newlywed with his wife and she's the redhead and yeah. she really wants to have sex with him and mm-hmm. he's terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, Russell Brand teaches, teaches him. him. <laughs> yeah, Maybe do that's you, what you need. You need a Russell Brand in your life. Well, he said it wasn't about insecurity, right? Yeah, he said that. Mm-hmm. God. But, I mean, you could say that. You can say that. But also, like, if you haven't had sex, how can you not have some kind of insecurity about it, especially at 24, being in a relationship? It's, it can be kind of a difficult thing to get into, and it's not going to be great, probably. But he's disgusted you don't go too much by the thought of being naked with a person and having sex with them. 
but he's very... I mean, this kind of reminds me of what I was talking about on the 36 Questions podcast with you, where a long time I thought I was asexual because I would like somebody, and as soon as they liked me back, I felt disgusted by it. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of it ended up being just because I wasn't ready for that. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, maybe it could be. I mean, two years is a long time, but at the pace that they're going physically, <laughs> it's pretty slow. It's <laughs> I mean, yeah, two years in, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if if it were me, I feel like, and we dated for two years and we had only held hands, hands and side hugged, I would be terrified. Yeah. But it, but it would purely be from expectation and insecurity. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be discussed. But I think, I think it's probably shame, like religious shame yeah. for sure. And if the girl in the relationship is also okay with nothing except hand holding and side hugging, she probably has some shit going on, too. So I think you guys just, just talk about this. Yeah. Open it up and let each other, like, maybe share the... Sh- just, you know, if you're going to be married to this person, let them know what the fuck is going on. Yes. I mean, that would definitely be my advice. Uh, based on the question, I don't know if that's something that's possible for them. Yeah. But, you know, then maybe... But that's what that's what they're going to have to do, because... There's no other way. It's either break up... Or, Come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> or you just go along with this until you're in a situation That's that you That's terrible, though. You can't yeah. push through horrible sexual experiences because that could, like, traumatize you. Ex- yeah. So but I, part of me feels like that's what's going to happen. Like, I, I feel like he's not going to talk to her and he's just going to allow them to get married. And then yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Which is why if you, they do get to that point... They're just gonna. Have to, they're gonna have to talk about it eventually. That's the only way that they're gonna get over it. You know what they should do? They should get with their pastor, and they should have some sort of marriage counseling session. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I like oh. it. Oh, look at Ooh. you! <laughs> That's great advice. I love it. Go me. Okay, let me pull up another one. I think one of mine was pretty similar, so I might skip it. Okay, this one's good. Okay. A few months ago, I had an argument that did not end well with my dearest friend's husband. My husband and I are very close to this couple. We socialize with them frequently, have holidays together and casual dinners on Sunday nights and even vacation with them. My friend's husband is very smart, very narcissistic, successful, professional who can be funny, entertaining, or when his mood changes, nasty and insulting. He recently lost his job, his mood worsened, and his nastiness increased. He made many negative, insulting, demeaning comments to me to the point where I had had enough. He does not think that my profession is as worthy as his. A side note, he doesn't have a profession anymore. Okay. (laughs) On Saturday night, when the four of us were out, he lashed out at me again. Note that I speak my mind as opposed to my friend and my husband who are more willing to let his insulting comments roll off their backs. After he made a very hurtful remark to me, I responded in kind. I immediately apologized. He did not and continued his his invective towards me. A few days later, he called me with a lame apology. To the extent that I may have offended you, I am sorry. I would like to preserve my friendship with his wife, but stop socializing with them as a foursome. My friend has put up with her husband's abusive ways towards her as well for so long that I'm afraid she no longer sees how he behaves and why he has so few friends. How do I stay close to my friend given how I feel about her husband? Um, I feel like that's pretty easy. I feel like that's pretty easy too. I, I don't under, yeah. I mean, first of all, 
It sucks that people in relationships kind of have to be put into a pair. Right. Like they don't have their own individual personalities like anymore. Like you're David and Madison. Yes, when, exactly. Yeah, Stuff yeah. like that. And it's assumed like sometimes I'll go, like if people don't know me that well and I go to a show, they are always like, where's Madison at? It's like, we, we do things separately. Right. It's very possible. And it's, I think, very good to do that. And if maybe you can be that opportunity to let your friend hang out with somebody besides her shitty husband. Yeah. I feel like that's like a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, stay away from fucking terrible people like that. You shouldn't have to get dragged down with them just because your friend makes terrible decisions and partners. Right. Maybe they'll get divorced and everything will work out later. But if not, then you just be like, yeah, I don't like your husband. I don't want to hang out with him. Like, mm-hmm. can we do something by ourselves? Or Do you think it becomes more complicated since the four of them are friends together and have it had can, such a close friendship? But like, this is different from this is different from the other person that I felt like you don't fucking owe them anything. Right. You guys are friends and you want to keep retain a relationship and you guys have a close relationship as a couple. Yeah. And so I don't feel like it should be that difficult or that weird if everybody else has witnessed this behavior. It shouldn't be that strange that this person would want to like not be around that person anymore. Right. I think in that situation I would be very I don't feel like I would feel uncomfortable at all being like look I don't like the way your husband treats me. If I have n- no judgment at all about you and your relationship, but I don't want to be a part of his life anymore. Yeah. I would love to keep hanging out with you. Yeah. Um, my inkling is that this woman would probably not be receptive to that, considering yeah. she kind of lets the whole thing slide. And that's unfortunate, but what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like... She made her decision. Yeah. You know, you can. I think it's helpful to try to get them away from that situation a little bit. Um, but if they don't want to respond to that, what are you going to do? you got to just hang out with this fucking person that you don't like and is shitty. Right. But also, what is the, what is that person's partner doing that they don't care that this guy is being shitty to their... It's so bizarre because... It's, it, defend it, your partner, you it, fucking it, asshole. Yeah, if I had... If I was in a relationship and that person was cruel towards my friends, like, that would never... I would not be with that person, one, yeah. but certainly I would not let it yeah. go without saying something mm-hmm. to them. It's unfor- yeah, it's unfortunate because it seems like nobody has this person's back. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Even her be- own husband. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like, what is her husband doing Yeah, he's not defending her? Right. It seems very strange. It, it is very strange. Would you be okay? I, I feel like I know the answer because I would as well. But if her husband still wanted to be friends with that guy, I would be fine. Well, I guess it depends on the level... Of the things that he said to her. Yeah, I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't want to be friends with somebody like that. Right. Like, if somebody was mean to my wife, I wouldn't want to be friends with them. Yeah. And I could also understand why Madison wouldn't want me to be hanging out with someone that's shitty to her. Right. Yeah. I think it depends on the severity of it. I think it does, too. If they're just not getting along and they just butt heads all the time, Yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. But if this person's insulting them constantly and making them feel bad about themselves, I feel like that's the kind of thing that gets to get addressed. Yeah. I agree. Cool. cool. That was an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, this this one is very similar to my last one, so <laughs> so we're, we're I, I was following a theme here. Okay. Okay. So this one's about a woman, though, a 21-year-old Christian woman, and lately the struggle of being single and waiting until marriage has taken a toll on me. The Bible tells us that we should wait until marriage before having sex, and I do agree, but I feel the older I get, the harder it is. I'm waiting, but it feels uh, useless. Most guys I talk to haven't waited, so I often wonder if it's worth it. 
What am I waiting for them? Being a virgin is getting to be a burden more than a blessing. The Bible talks about uh, not burning with passion and getting married, and I know that <laughs> we're meant to be alone, but how am I supposed to wait when I have these feelings? Since we're uh, supposed to wait in God's time, what if I don't get married until later on in life? Am I... Oh, shit, I lost my place. Supposed to wait with these feelings since we are supposed to wait on God's time. I already read that part. <laughs> the state of confusion, even depression. I meet a lot of guys that I come to like and they tell me they haven't waited and I feel useless. I hold so much value to my virginity, but it doesn't have any value. What if I marry a man that has had sex prior to marriage? I know we should forgive, but this is difficult because I want to experience it for the first time for both of us. I often feel like a naive girl who still believes in happy endings, and the more I date, the more I am upset, even angry at God. I am sorry if my words are jumbled. I'm just trying to express my emotions. I hope to hear from you soon. Okay, well, first of all, her, her issue isn't just with her virginity. Yeah. It's dating sucks in general. So yeah. she's focusing on that one thing, making guys crappy towards yeah. her. When it's like, if you... There are a slew of reasons. <laughs> that's not... Unrelated to that. I mean, I'm sure that's an obstacle, 100%. But if she wasn't a virgin, there would be a million other things and a million other... Guys are just... Especially at 21. Yeah, she's most young. guys aren't trying to be in a serious relationship. And it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Um, but even if she's hanging out with other Christian guys... It's still hard. It's still hard to find a person that's compatible with you in the ways that you like and incompatible in a way that still helps you guys both grow as people. Right. So you can, it's, it's a struggle. Well, my advice would be, I don't know where she's finding the men that she dates, maybe at church, but I feel like she should go on christianmingle.com because you can kind of get those clear expectations out of the way. Yeah. Um, and you're also... I mean, if you're on christianmingle.com, you're... Christian, yeah, and you're looking to date another Christian, mm -hmm. so you take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. So I feel like her pool of men, um, it would be more likely that she might find a guy who is waiting for marriage as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. That's rough. I like the angle that you took. I yeah. feel like that's a good point that I didn't think about is the fact that yeah, it's just fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. But what did she say about it? I can't remember. There was one part that I wanted to speculate on, but I guess it... Wait, let me pull it up. Oh, how she um, feels bad because she knows that she's probably going to marry somebody who's not a virgin mm. and she's supposed to forgive him, but I think she feels animosity yeah. towards that for them yeah. being able to get away with it. Right. But if, if she so if she feels like she can forgive them and it's okay and God would be fine with that, then why wouldn't that extend to her? Yeah. That's one of the things that I was thinking about, not to disrespect anybody's beliefs, but as far as like heaven and stuff goes, is virginity really on the top shelf of things that matter for being a good person or a good Christian? Because it feels like people are putting too much importance on this. Right. Like really freaking out a lot of people. Because there's so many things in the Bible that are impossible to live by that I'm 100% certain she doesn't. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it just seems like one of those big things you can clearly choose to do or not do and people cling on to it. Yeah. 
And it seems like, yeah, so you know a bunch of other people that are Christians that are having sex before marriage, and you feel like you can't do the same, like, for what reason? So are these people as not as Christian as you are? I wonder if she feels that way. Marriage? I wonder yeah. if she thinks that they're all going to go to hell. Yeah, and it seems like she doesn't, it's not happy. She wants to fuck, it's obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like the opposite. She she should she should marry the guy that guy from the first. <laughs> oh, no, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah but I feel like she could convince him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe she doesn't. She wants to be a virgin. And he is afraid of sex. So maybe they'd work out in that way. Or maybe she's like so fucking horny that she'll get him into it. Maybe. Yeah, there's no side hug in there. <laughs> Hell no, she's no. not. She wants more than she's that. She's pressing her body up against that if guy. If she's not going to have sex, it sounds like she's trying to do everything until it crosses the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I think it purely has to do with, though, I think she's struggling really hard because, yes, it would be hard to date somebody that wasn't going to have sex until you marry them because automatically that puts you deciding to date them at a higher stake. Like, if I continue to date this person, I know that it's going to have to be serious. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's, a lot of it is just, it's hard to find a serious relationship with anybody. Yeah. So... I think she just needs to give it some time. She's so young. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. I I don't know a lot of 21-year-olds in very serious relationships, especially with guys that are 21. I mean, I was married by that time. That's true. (laughs) That is true. But it's just... But I also know people that didn't lose their virginity until 21, and not being Christian. Right. I just think it's not an age where most men are trying to settle down. So Yeah, so you're right. Maybe she just needs to venture out and find people that are more like-minded. Yeah. If that's really the path that you want to go. Although I would advise, like, if you want to fuck, maybe you should just fuck. I mean, that would be my advice. You can yeah. pray for forgiveness. That's what I hear a lot of Christian that's people do. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that you can just ask for forgiveness like, and... Won't do it again. You'll be forgiven. Yeah. Forgiven. Not forgived. But... Was that wrong? Is that improper? Forgiven. Is forgiven. Forgiven. Yeah, I guess forgive. This sounds, it didn't sound wrong to me when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> this one is so dumb. You, you, you do the super heavy one that you said. You do, you do want to yeah, do that let's one? Yeah, just do it. We'll end on that one, and then that'll be a good way to go out. That okay. one is going to take some brain power. So. Yeah, I don't know what my advice is for this <laughs> at all. Okay. My mother left my father the month I was born. She remarried and had my brother two years later. My stepfather, the only father I knew, committed suicide when I was five years old. My mother became a raging alcoholic following his death. She didn't physically or sexually abuse me, but was really good with manipulation and humiliation. She led me to believe it was my fault and my stepfather had killed himself because I was gay, etc. As a child, I was the man of the house. And when I was 13, I staged an intervention for my mom, though I didn't know there was a name for it until much later. She went away for the weekend, and when she returned, she didn't drink anymore. That's a quick turnaround. I know. Um, We were never allowed to ask or talk about this or any of my other family secrets, like my stepfather's death. My mom was a difficult person to love, a dry drunk capable of being terribly awful and mean. She was also incredibly intelligent and could be very loving and sweet. 13 years later, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and picked up the bottle again. I was her caretaker and witnessed her decline into alcoholism until I couldn't take it anymore. In order to protect myself and get sober myself, I left my life, my home, my mother, my partner, and our cats, and my career. I packed a backpack and got on a bus. 
My mother and I had no direct contact for the next three years. We tried to meet once with professional guidance for a therapy session, but the stress caused her to go on a bender, which led to another long stay in the psych ward. After years of extreme suffering, my mother died three months ago from alcoholism and cancer. I was with her for the two last days of her life. I held her hand and told her it was okay to go and that I loved her. I have spent the past three years rebuilding my life. I am now sober, have a career track job, a home, and a new partner. I should be great, but I can't seem to escape the past and the memories. I constantly doubt my past actions. I feel guilty that I should have stuck with my mom or tried to reconcile with her sooner than I did. I am haunted by the legacy of alcoholism and mental illness and secrecy. As a result, I'm incredibly shy and insecure. I feel lonely, abandoned, and damaged. I have a therapist, participate in AA, and Alcoholics Anonymous. Isn't that the same thing? Um, well, yeah, what, I thought so. Whatever. Okay. And... I'm often um, a meditation and Buddhist uh, practitioner. These things all help a bit, but I fear I will never be able to move past these experiences and have a happy, normal life I deserve. I know I may never be able to get over these things, but what else can I do to be better about myself? Why do all of the bad memories overwhelm the good ones? How can I let it go? It's a heavy one. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Um, I feel... Like, I would tell that person that they didn't do anything wrong. Yes. You were trying to protect yourself, and you can't feel... You can't carry that level of responsibility on yourself for somebody else and understand that it's your mom. But we put so much importance on, like, familial relationships sometimes to the point that it's damaging. Right. And I feel like a lot of people would benefit from getting to the age where they can start putting up more boundaries even if it means putting them between their parents. Yeah. One of the things that is makes me still upset about my dad passing away is that he isn't around for things that I would want him to be there for and that I know that he would have liked to have seen. Or things that I like... Because he was a good dad. He was a good guy. So I feel like there's lots of like accomplishments and like life goals that I got to that he just doesn't get to see. And that's when I get really sad, when I just, like, wish that he could, like, have met my kids or something like that. But it, it sounds like it's not the case for this person. Like, it didn't seem like they had a good, healthy relationship with their parent. It seemed like, I don't know if they would have been around to do all these things. Like, they tried their best to keep a good relationship with her. But at the same time, it's like, you got to protect yourself from, like, people like that. It, it ends up causing more damage to you in the end. I right. think that effort almost ended up hurting him so much. Be be you know? Yeah, I feel like his mother was obviously very manipulative and cruel to him in certain situations. So he is probably, it's probably not his own blame and judgment that he's putting on himself. He's putting his mother's judgment on himself yeah. uh, in, the, in her uh, death and assuming that that's how she would feel about what he did. But I'm willing to bet... Um, especially since she tried to get sober in the past and it seemed like she maintained that sobriety for a long time. I feel like even though she seemed to be a manipulative person, she probably would have understood him needing to go away to get sober and would have wanted that for him. Yeah. I would think if you have any level of love towards your son. Yes. Or maybe if she didn't realize it at the time, hopefully she realized it by the end of I mean, it seemed like they had point. a good... Last couple days. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like she was receptive to him being there. 
and didn't hold animosity towards him. It sounded like she died in his arms yes. sort of thing. So, yeah, I think he's just holding on to how he feels she would feel about him. Yeah. And not how he feels about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how you would let go of that. Because I feel like all of these things, he probably logically knows that it's not his fault. Yeah. And he did the right thing. Um, yeah. I mean, you could logically tell yourself that, but, like, emotions will still stop your logical brain from rationalizing that information. Um, but, yeah, I guess I don't know what you can do to get over it. I feel like in tragedies like this, if you, you, you're not really gaining anything from just holding on to the guilt. Right. You know, you, you, you did your best to... Re, uh, to, to make that relationship better when you had an opportunity to at those last moments, even if there were last moments, which is better than some people never get any closure or anything with the people that they were in conflict with at the time. Right. Some people die having been in an argument with each other and then realizing that it just wasn't worth it. You know, that this, this person did everything that they could and it just, I, I feel like you might want to try to put that effort into relationships that you have now and have in the future so that way you don't have the same situation happen again yeah or so that you don't end up like your mom that's true i also feel like it seemed like it was a lifetime of strife and torment and ups and downs and just so much um of being emotionally overwhelmed by the situation that her dying three years ago isn't really that much time to have gone by. Yeah. So I feel like it makes sense that he's not quite over it. And it also takes a long time to even fully process how you feel about certain things. So he yeah. might just be getting to the point where he's fully experiencing his grief. Mm-hmm. I just think, I mean, obviously it's so cliche, but just given time, it's yeah. going to get easier. And it sounds like he's doing everything he needs to. Yeah. I to mean, try he, to, you're, that, that's, that person is doing a great job of trying to give themselves some recovery. And that's fucking awesome because a lot of people don't do that at all. Yeah. My advice would be to cut yourself some slack. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. As, as like, as insincere as that might sound or as we're just like, maybe it sound like we're just taking like an easy way out. It's like the truth. Like, yeah, this, you're being too hard on One yourself. One person can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what, if you would have stayed in that situation with your mother, you might not. I mean, it sounded like he was an alcoholic as well. And was, and like, maybe he wouldn't be alive at this yeah, point. Yeah, maybe knows? he would be down a darker path or who yeah. knows what kind of terrible things could have happened. And then maybe towards the end, things wouldn't have ended positively mm-hmm. between him and his mother. Yeah, they, their relationship could have gotten even more sour because they're always around each other, always getting upset with each other. Like being around somebody, if you had been around them more, that doesn't mean that you would have been getting along better. Yeah. Like, especially par- relationships with your parents, like those are so tough, even when your parents not a dick. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, when all is said and done, they were able to end their relationship on a positive note and that's a win. Yeah. So. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is hilarious <laughs> that we're talking about this and there's like, a party going on I know. This, essentially yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny all right well i think that's a good uh place to wrap up our advice is there any uh, uh should we jump into a final segment of any sort um were we going to talk about the best advice we'd ever gotten did oh. you have time to think of yours 
No, but why don't you start and maybe I'll get my memory triggered. Uh, I don't know, because mine you seem to think was very stupid. No, I loved it. Oh, yeah. I was just trying to think of non-cliche uh, things, but um, things that have actually probably benefited my everyday life. And one bit of advice that I got when I was younger was to never overpluck my eyebrows. Gotcha. So, and it was very big at the time in the early 2000s to have to very... Overpluck. Oh, yeah. Girls mm. had really thin eyebrows. Mm. Um, but I never got into that, and I'm really glad. Or a lot of Mexican girls. They'll oh, just yeah. pluck them out yeah, entirely, yeah, yeah. and it, it's, a, it's a look. Sometimes they don't grow back the same. Yeah, exactly. So you got to be careful. You don't want to end up... You know, a lot of these cholas grow up and become, like, doctor's assistants, and then... <laughs> And then it's just too hard to just, it's just like, they know. Yeah. They know by looking at your eyebrows what you used to do, and they know your dark past. And so, you know, maybe if we're going to go down that path. Yeah. Try try to be, do your own thing and maybe follow Brittany's advice. Yeah. Do a little bit, take a little bit off. Never overdo anything. That's a good advice also. Yeah. That's actually even better than overplucking. Right. <laughs> don't ever don't do anything. Never overdo anything except for things that make you... No. No, no even then. I'm just joking. Nope. Just overdo never anything. do ever... Yep. I feel like that's just good. Okay. That's good advice. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Was I, it what I just said? That. Oh. Uh, I think the advice you just told me right now is probably the best advice I've ever heard. Nice. <laughs> no, I... Uh, I remember my dad always used to, uh, ta- uh, in different examples, say stuff about how you can't put a price on your happiness. Yeah. Because you always talk about, like, what you can afford to do or why you can't do something or, like, what would this cost in all these different ways. And sometimes you just kind of have to take the hit for the sake of your fucking sanity and your well-being. Like, right. There's people that keep shitty jobs that pay well, but they hate them. Yeah. It's like, maybe would be happy if they made less money doing something else or... Maybe they feel like they can't take some time off or maybe they feel like, you know, even like, oh, I don't want to spend money on going to the doctor because that might be too much or whatever. And then you end up fucking dying. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, thinking about like the ultimate like goal or the end of the line. For sure. There are people who, I mean, a lot of people hate their jobs and whatever. I mean, a job's a job. Yeah. I mean, some people can tolerate it. They can tolerate hating their job, but then they do other things that make them happy. Exactly. But there are some people who just spend all of their time working and that's their whole focus and Mm. they live to work. And it's like, what, what is the point at that point? You're Mm. make you're trying to make all this money, but for what you're not Mm. doing anything with it. So that, yeah, that's always a little weird to me. I definitely work to live. 100 <laughs> like 200 percent yeah or if you're one of those people that thinks that you can just like buy like relationships yeah like you gotta put some th- something else besides money into it yeah and that could be on a small scale and large scale i mean i think it's going to be harder and harder and harder uh people are going to struggle with that a lot more just as time goes on because that's what every focus is <laughs> yeah I guess I just like I just mean like don't just think about like the because life is you know so unpredictable don't always think about the the physical aspects of living yeah basically right as long as I have enough money to like be alive yeah I I don't really hold that much weight to it yeah I think it's better to like have experiences and you know all yeah. that good stuff I agree cool Great. All right. Well, let's uh, finish off this podcast with your 
famous ending catchphrase <laughs> um, <laughs> that we wrote for this podcast? Yes. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. And live a great life. Uh, <laughs> There's something a little more creative than that. I'm really mad that you're doing this to me right now. I know. I just thought you'd be able to like come up with something. Uh, oh, put some pressure on you. Completely wrong. Okay. Yeah. But maybe you could. Um, hey, guys. We're just going to end this podcast letting you know things are good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was great. You really <laughs> one up me there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Futuristic with you, put your two legs.